Welcome back to another bonus episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I just wanted to get a few things off my chest. I have been dealing so much lately with various companies and their nonsense that I wanted to uh, pass on to you a little valuable lesson I learned in all this. And so we're going to talk about what can be learned, what can be ascertained through uh, having weird and, and grueling experiences with companies, with people, and people in general. At the end of the day, we are living in pretty weird, wacky times, you guys. And it's so easy to blame ourselves. It's so easy to be weak and to give up uh, in, in times where we are gaslit into thinking that it's our fault. But I assure you guys, it is not. You are not going crazy, I promise. And so that's what I want to talk about. I want to tell a story of what I went through with Google and a few other companies and uh, the lesson to be learned there. And then lastly, I want to talk about how the importance really of knowing yourself, knowing your worth and knowing how to be strong in times where it gets increasingly easy to be blame, to blame yourself really when it's not your fault. We are living in new times you guys and i want to talk about that at the end of the day we live in such strange times where it's black versus white and blue versus red and all that stuff and i just wanted to tell you guys that love peace comfort all comes from within you guys it comes from knowing thyself and how to do it and how to have an attitude of strength and humor that endures but this is just a bonus episode. I just wanted to come back and say hello on a good Friday vibes day. It's gonna, it's nice and cool today, but it's gonna heat up really, really bad come Sunday. We're talking about the triple digits, and I am not looking forward to that. But I just wanted to say what's up and say that I miss you guys and to tell you that we'll be back shortly. We'll be back in September, you guys. So let's begin. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen, to another bonus episode of Surviving Empathy Podcast. I am your host, Brian Russell of Chef Bride Comedy, and today, ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to kind of talk about a little bit of something that's been going on in my life uh, in order to sort of uh, teach a valuable lesson, if you will. You know, at the end of the day, the reason why I started this podcast, the reason why I talk so much about mental health and robust living and uh, talking about empaths and being insensitive is because at the end of the day, you guys, um, it gets exceedingly hard to live in a world that is just not always as kind as we are, frankly, you know, and at the end of the day, sensitive people. And whether that means you're energetically sensitive or you're just, you have kinder, gentler sensibilities, at the end of the day, regular folks like us are just trying to get through this life, man. We're just trying to find hope and we're just trying to find some sense of, of validation and fairness in this world, you know? So I wanted to kind of relay a story to you guys uh, in order to teach a little bit of a lesson. Um, so at the end of the day, you guys know, as uh, probably by now, that uh, Rebecca and I are, of course, into all this podcast equipment. And when things go wrong, you spend an exorbitant amount of time talking to the company that you purchased it from. In the case of my microphones, I ended up speaking to Blue a lot. Um, and more recently, 
in our personal life, we've had some issues and some run-ins with some of the Google devices that we have. Now, you know, I've said it before on the show, I am a Google fan. I like their products. I like um, their support. I like the company and the brand and the way they sell things. And while they are a major global corporation, um, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do that. And for the longest time, I really did think Google had it right. You know, um, they seem like they hire nice people. The, the, the uh, owner or if the CEO, if you will, seems like this humble Indian guy. And uh, I just really thought, yeah, it's kind of like a rags to riches story. It really f- made me feel like you're supporting a company that likes to play fairly, you know. But if I'm really, you know, being honest with myself, you know, just because the guy's from India doesn't mean he wasn't born rich like every other CEO. I really don't know his background. I, I've yet to uh, look in on him. But uh, I, I just had it in my mind that Google was one of those global companies you know, not to say that they're um, perfect at all, but I did think that they seemed a little more well put together and a little bit more kind, a little bit more compassionate than your average crazy right-leaning institution like Walmart or something that does everything within their power to fuck you over, essentially, you know, and fuck over their workers. And, you know, and that's the problem, really, with corporations these days is that, um, you know, it's like uh, our family, you know, and I'll get into this later on in the story, but, um, you know, Rebecca's family and my family have been three generations of Chevrolet owners, and uh, and they did us dirty. And then same goes for Google, and I want to tell you guys about it. You know, I try uh, to be a very gracious and very fair-minded person, whether it be talking to Google or talking to you guys and how I treat people uh, is based upon their worthiness of goodness or not. You know, at the end of the day, if you're kind and decent to me, I have no reason to not be kind and decent to you. You guys know this. I've been teaching this for over a year now that kindness and generosity is where it's at. Absolutely. But that being said, I also want to throw in a little caveat of why it is so important these days, especially as sensitives, uh, to be tough, to be strong, to stand up for ourselves when necessary, because we're living in unprecedentedly weird, difficult times, you know. So where to start this story? I guess I'll just start at the beginning. Uh, you know, I have three Google devices out of 10. I have eh, roughly eight, nine, 10 devices if you include my Chromecast and all that, but I roughly I have roughly ten Google devices, and most of them have been pretty good so far. You know, they've been good in terms of updates. They've been good in terms of functionality. Very rarely do they break or go bad. But then, uh, as that happened, it really did sort of reel me into this culture of a brand loyalty. I became a Google brand loyalist, if you will. And as a brand loyalist, you know, you have this tendency to think that Google has your back because you like their products and you like their uh, corporate atmosphere. You like the way they run business and you feel like, well, you know, not all companies uh, uh, 
do the right thing when it comes to keeping the air clean and keeping the water clean and doing the right thing for our earth and doing the right thing not to fuck over its own customers. You know, I always thought that Google was one of the better ones, kind of like Starbucks or Costco. The more uh, left-leaning corporations tend to be a little less fascistic than your right-leaning counterparts. And I'm not trying to make this political, but you know what I'm saying. So one day, uh, you know, I went for a run and I always use my Google Pixel Buds. They cost me $179. And uh, for the longest time, I had no issues with them at all. And then one day, for virtually for no reason at all, it would seem, uh, my Google Pixel Buds uh, stopped holding a charge. They were actually... More uh, specifically, it was the case that wasn't holding in charge, and I wasn't sure what was happening. And so I did a bunch of resets. I did all these things to try to troubleshoot. And at the end of the day, I really couldn't get it to stay charged. It, it seemed like I could charge it up, and by the next day, it was down to like 50%. And if you waited six or seven more hours, it was down to 25%. I couldn't understand why that would be. Why did it happen so suddenly? You would think it would have been more gradual, but no, man. It's like you would have thought I dropped these buds in the fucking toilet. I mean, they just stopped holding a charge. And so uh, I reached out to Google like one does. And uh, and and I am always the person. I'm the kind of person that always tries to be polite and fair-minded. I don't care where you live or what your socioeconomic or racial background is i try to be fair to everybody everybody i don't care if you're from india or the philippines or united states of america you're always going to get equal treatment from this guy and so i kind of ran through their little spiel they want to go through all these troubleshooting steps with you and at first you know when it doesn't happen a lot you're like fine you know i'll go through your troubleshooting steps i get it you know because there's a lot of times where people think their device is broken and you turn to find out, oh, okay, it wasn't broken after all. It just, you needed to reset it or something like that. So I, in fairness, I'm always like, okay, well, that's fair. And so I went through their troubleshooting steps and uh, we reset the device a couple of times and did this and did that. And at the end of the day, um, he couldn't really figure out what was going on. He's like, well, you got to let it see if it's going to stay charged or not. So we'll check back in with you tomorrow. And that's one thing. They always say they're going to get back to you and they never do. They never call you back. I don't get it. And so I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's no problem. Um, and so I waited and uh, they didn't call me back. I ended up having to get a hold of them again. And, uh, you know, I kind of got on their case because they let a week go by and they didn't say anything. They didn't do anything. They just let the case fall into the ether and i was like well that's strange you know and they tend to do that a lot these days i feel like if you don't hold them to account they just want to be left alone they just figure like if they can just talk you to death or or get you frustrated enough if they can get you off the phone then uh they're they're happy because they don't have to deal with you really at the end of the day and so I finally called them back after a week and I told them, hey, you know, it's doing the same thing. It's not holding a charge. I tried this. I tried that. I went through all of your troubleshooting steps. And at the end of the day, what it turns out to be is that my Google Pixel Buds expired. The warranty expired. It was a one-year uh, warranty. It expired in April, which, you know, now is July. That's only a few months ago that it expired, you know. And, and you know, when it happens once, it's like, okay, shame on me. 
But when it happens twice, it's like, no, shame on you. And so the second thing that happened was uh, I got on them a bit about that. I was like, why are your devices always seemingly crapping out just a few short months after the warranty has expired? It's almost as if, and I know this is conspiracy theorist territory and I'm only kind of half joking, but but it almost feels like they send an update to your device just so that it'll break so you'll run right back into the arms and buy a new gear from them. You know, that's what it feels like anyway, you know? And, you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But it always does seem like uh, just after your warranty expires is when all of your stuff goes to shit. It's like, damn it. You know, I'm not made out of money, as you guys know. So then I noticed on my phone here, I have a Pixel phone. I'm a, like I said, I'm a Google loyalist. And so um, I decided, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with the phone. It's just not holding a charge. And I have the Google Pixel 5a, which has the biggest... Uh, battery on the market and so when i'm having to charge this phone three four times a day okay i realize there's a serious problem here so of course i reached out to google and uh we started a ticket just like before and i told them what's going on and they sent me through all the same uh, you know troubleshooting steps as before like with the pixel buds And I was happy to oblige because, like I said, in the sake of fairness, I do want to find out if it's something else going on. And so, you know, I went through the troubleshooting steps and we did this, we did that, we reset the device. I even had to reset the device, you guys. I mean, I had to lose all of my shit uh, and then re, you know, reboot the entire device and put all the apps back and put all the passwords in. You know how it goes. It takes like several hours to do that. But I... You know, in the interest of fairness and getting down to the bottom of things, I decided, okay, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And I did it. And uh, sure enough, lo and behold, the, the, the phone was still losing a charge, you know. And I did notice, you know, um, that I am on my phone a lot because uh, as a podcaster, I do a lot of research and I do a lot of collating of articles and things. And so I thought, well, maybe it's just because... I'm on my phone a lot, you know, so I, I decided to start using my laptop instead of my phone to do research and see if that was going to cut out, cut down on screen time. And maybe, maybe then I would notice that, oh, okay, it's really not the battery's fault at all. It's just that I'm using my phone an exorbitant amount of time, you know, in the sake of fairness, I wanted to check and see what, what was really going on. But I did start noticing after several days of using my laptop that uh, I was still having to plug in my phone several times. You know, I don't have always on a display on it. I don't uh, I try to limit my screen time to 30 seconds. And, uh, you know, and I generally tried to stay away from my phone as much as possible. But uh, instead of uh, charging it two to three to four times a day, I was only charging it twice. So I did cut down from once a day to twice a day. But still, when when your phone is the battery industry leader, you expect it to last all day long because it claims that it can hold a charge for up to two days. And it wasn't doing near that, you know. And that's always seems to be the case with me. None of my batteries ever last. Does anybody else have that problem? Is it just me? It can't be just me. It has to be. It's a conspiracy, right? (laughs) So anyway, to make a long story short, um, I pay $6 per month uh, through my Google Fi subscription, which is uh, Google's version of, uh, of phone service. You can buy uh, two lines for like $35 a month, and I'm happy 
to pay the $6 per month for the peace of mind of knowing that if anything happens to my phone, you know, uh, you know, you're covered, you know. And so I got on the horn. That's how old people say phone. I got on the horn with Google <laughs> and uh, I talked to them and I was like, okay, well, uh, you know, we've done through all this. We've gone through all the troubleshooting steps and we're still noticing that there's an issue. You know, it's just draining too quickly. And so the lady on the phone was like, okay, well, we'll send you out a refurb lickety split. You know, she didn't use those exact words, but that's what she basically said is, they were going to send me out a refurbished phone, you guys, a refurb. And I'm paying insurance on this shit, you know? I paid $450 for this phone, and now uh, I'm paying monthly for that on top of insurance, and they're going to send me out a refurb? I was like, wait, 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 wait a second here. And so I told her, I said, well, that's not fair. I'm paying insurance on this, and you're going to send me an old phone? I said, what if that phone had been sitting in some guy's dirty gym bag for six months? You don't know where this thing came from. And she tried to assure me that it's going to go through all the million point inspections by experts and all this stuff. And the word expert is supposed to, you know, magically uh, make us feel better, you know, as if they weren't going to give you an older phone than you currently own, you know. And that's what I told her. I said, this phone, I bought this in October. Uh, I, I really am feeling... Uh, like I'm personally attached to this phone. I really don't want to get rid of it uh, on the off chance that I buy, get a phone from you that might be older or might've, like I said, been sitting in somebody's backseat or in somebody's gym bag, uh, you know, getting all dirty and gross. And now I know they clean it and all that, but I just, ugh, energetically, I don't like used shit as an empath. I can sense energy on used shit and I didn't want used stuff. And I was like, I was very adamant about that. And so she finally said, well, I get, I see your point. And so I'm going to have a supervisor call you uh, and you guys can work it out. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Great. Well, guess what? They never did call back. In fact, I don't even think she talked to a supervisor at all. I think that's just their way of getting you off the phone. And so uh, here I am just kind of stewing. It's like, there's two devices, you know, But, you know, I tried to, you know, say, well, you know, you have a lot of Google devices, Brian. Things do go wrong and, you know, try to be fair-minded about it. Well, lo and behold, uh, three days ago, Rebecca says, hey, uh, there's something going wrong with my display. Because we have those Google Nest Hub displays at our bedside table. They make excellent, excellent um, uh, alarm clocks, you guys. And uh, they're wonderful for that, you know. And so, uh, you know, because they display more than just... It's, it's everything. It's got a display. It's got the time. It's got the weather. It's got the air quality. It's a really handy device. Plus, you know that if, uh, you know, the power goes out and it turns back on, it's going to, it's going to resync itself and you're not going to, you know, your, your alarm's going to go off in time, you know, and they really are wonderful devices. And so, um, she's like, there's some weird coloration here. And, and so we were looking at it and we reset it and, did all these troubleshooting things and um, and we're like, yeah, there was like this weird orange colored band on the bottom of the display horizontally. And then on the right hand side, I could notice there was this weird bar there, like a, like a white bar or something. And so we're like, okay, well, it looks like something's going wrong with it. So at the end of the day, here we go again, going to talk to Google. And, you know, by this time, you guys, you feel like you've already... Um, burned up all of your um 
uh, believability with them, you know, because first is this and then this and then this. They start to think after a while that you're doing something intentionally to, to pull a scam or something. It's like, no, it's just, it just happened to be that way, you know, for the longest time, for years. Nothing ever went wrong with my um, uh, uh, Google devices. And then uh, just kind of uh, by dumb luck, you know, uh, I had three devices going out all at the same time. So then I went through the troubleshooting steps with that guy. And it took about two fucking hours, you guys. It's it's time consuming because they it's almost like they want to talk you down. They're getting paid to do this. They don't realize they're using up your whole evening and nor do they care. But, you know, in the sake of fairness, okay, yeah, you know, I really wanted to convince this guy that we didn't do anything intentionally. He's asking me if we dropped it. He's asking me if I got it wet. He's asking me if I did this and did that. And No, of course not. And so at the end of the day, um, he, we ran through all these troubleshooting steps. He even accessed the device itself. He gained a uh, 90-minute uh, temporary permission to go into the device and do a deep dive. And that way he could see whether or not anything had been tampered with or if there's anything wrong with it from the inside out. You know, and I thought, I have nothing to hide, so I let him go ahead and do it, you know. So, you know, to make a, a long story short, He's like, okay, well, let's go ahead now, and uh, we've gone through all the troubleshooting steps. It seems like there is something wrong with the device, but, uh, you know, I want to make sure that you send some feedback to Google so that if there is a fix for it, you'll give them time to correct it. And I said, well, that's fair. I, I get it. And so uh, he told me, well, I'm going to call you back tomorrow between 8 and 10. Is that Okay. And then if you're still having trouble with the device, then uh, we'll do something about it. And I thought, cool, okay. And at this time, I uh, went to uh, the Google store to see when I had purchased the device. Um, and I couldn't find any information on the warranty. I assumed there was a two-year warranty on it. And, um, and uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you now. So the next day goes by, and uh, it's it's like 9.30, and Rebecca's like, is that dude still going to call? I'm like, probably not, not knowing Google, probably not. Well, then what happened was 10 o'clock rolled around, and around 10.08, I got an email from Google saying, sorry, I was on the you know phone with somebody else, and uh, to call back in. <laughs> it didn't tell me anything else. Didn't tell me who to talk to, didn't tell me when, just... Go ahead and call on back. It's like, well, if I had known that shit, I would have just fucking called today, guy. And now here it is 10 o'clock at night and you want me to call. So what happened was, is I called back and, um, well, what happened was I got an email, uh, uh the next day, which would be today, uh, uh basically stating that, uh, sorry, uh, but your warranty has expired on this device and there's nothing we can do. And I was like, holy shit. We just bought this in 2020, you know, and I assumed that we were good until October of 2022. But apparently there's only a one year warranty on it. And that's the thing, you guys, really, when you buy a new device, make sure that uh, you get a two year or more warranty. Because a lot of these devices anymore, all they're guaranteeing is a piece of shit. They're guaranteeing workmanship up to one year. And that is not nearly enough especially on your more expensive devices like a phone or a laptop, make sure you're getting at least a two to three year warranty on that. You guys check the fine print, you guys, because when you don't, it will fuck you. 
You know, and I'm, like I said, I'm a fair-minded person, but um, right now, right now as we speak, you guys, I've been talking to Blue for three months about something going on with my microphones, that they don't have a reasonable solution for plugging in two USB microphones into a single PC. And uh, instead of doing something about it, they just fucking talk you to death. And so that happened. Uh, uh, what else? Oh, oh, yeah. And then uh, uh, more recently, uh, just in the last month, uh, I started noticing on my Samsung TV that the little red, you know, button, the little red uh, light that tells you that it's turned off or on was starting to blink. I'm like, ah, shit, now what, you know? <laughs> well, lo and behold, um, I got a hold of them, uh, uh, Samsung, and uh, I sent them a report on the TV itself through the Internet. That was kind of neat. And then I got a call from this place in Eugene, Oregon called the TV Repair Center, who said that they were going to have a guy come out and take a look. And I said, okay, fine. And so uh, that's what happened. He came in and uh, he looked at the TV and uh, he said, well, I don't have the replacement part on hand uh, because it's not the right one. The one I brought is is different. And so uh, we're going to have to order the part and then we'll come back in. Because I think what it is, um, when you have a flashing red light, it could mean anything Something as, as, as innocuous as, uh, you know, uh, perhaps your fuse uh, broke on your fuse uh, on the on the power strip, or it could be something as complex as something inside the device itself going amok. So uh, uh, to be safe, I, I wanted to make sure that the part got replaced because it could mean that it's not a problem now, but maybe six months down the road, it could become a problem. So if they're going to guarantee the work for free. I was like, Hey, yeah, of course, you know, so I stuck with Samsung and uh month week after week went by. He, he said, I'll be back when I have the part. And a week went by nothing week went by nothing. Finally, I called him. I said, when are you guys going to come out here? And uh he's like, well, you know, like he said, he's, he'll call you when the part gets here. I said, okay, well, it's been two and a half weeks, you know? And, um, and, and by this time, Samsung is calling me, in the morning, they always call you at like six o'clock in the morning as if anybody, I'm, I'm a night owl, you guys, I'm not waking up at 10 o'clock in the morning, let alone six in the morning. So they're calling me, leaving me voicemails. Hey, did you get your issue resolved? It's like, what do you don't talk to your own people? I, I know that the work is, um, what's the word, you know, they hire people to do this. So it's not like they're workers, but still you would think they would communicate with their own people. But I guess they didn't. And so uh, I kept, you know, <clears throat> they kept, I kept messing their calls. And so finally, uh, they sent me a text. Hey, has your issue been resolved? Text y- yes or no. And I said no. And so I keep telling them every week when they send me this text, is your issue been resolved? I'm like, no. <laughs> so, so finally today I called them. I said, Hey, it's been almost a month when the hell is he going to come back out here and fix the 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 thing and he's and they're like oh oh, let me check on it and he goes oh we can we can get you uh we can come back in august august 1st how's how's uh 10 o'clock in the morning i said how's not 10 o'clock in the morning he's like oh okay how about three or five three to five window i said sure that's fine you know and that's the thing you guys i'm always polite i'm always kind to people unless you know they stop deserving it you know 
So to make a long story short, yeah, they're going to come out August 1st and they're going to fix my TV. And uh, thankfully, it's under warranty and it's not going to cost me anything. And, uh, uh, you know, it's always a good thing to do is if you if you notice anything wrong with a treadmill or a piece of gym equipment or any one of your electronics or devices, uh, do be sure to check the fine print. Check your warranties, you guys. Um, and, and a lot of times, a lot of these companies will do things outside of their warranty period. I, uh, I had a, my, uh, my treadmill broke one day and it nearly killed me. One of the axles broke off one of the wheels, not the wheels, but those, the rollers that, that roll the, uh, the tread and it broke and I, it scared the shit out of me. I f- went flying off into the sunset. Well, actually flying off into the carpet. Um, and, and because I think they were worried about me suing them, they, uh, were, well, we'll take care of it free this time. And so they sent out a technician to replace the part. And I was like, they were very cool about it, you know? So a lot of times, uh, these companies can go above and beyond, but a lot of times you have to be careful because you don't always know what you're going to get. Anyways, getting back to Google. Uh, so yeah, that's where they left me is, um, uh, they gave me a $35 credit on the Google Pixel Buds, which, you know, I guess that's better than nothing, you know, but I did think that because they only expired in April and this happened in June, I'm just like, man, that's kind of shitty, but whatever. Okay, fine. Uh, and then with the pixel just today, you guys, I got her, I, I was pissed. I was fuming. I said, listen, you guys, you keep fucking passing the buck. You keep obfuscating your responsibility. And that's the thing is that Google never used to do this, you guys. They were always the first to step up and exceed your expectations. And for the first time, I'm finding maybe because they're getting their ass sued off a lot. They're all, they're in a lot of lawsuits these days. Maybe they're losing a lot of money. I don't know. But it seems like they're getting more and more sort of slippery. You know, they're turning into snakes, you know, snakes in the grass. But finally, I talked to the lady today and I was fuming, you know, and I'm trying not to take it out on her. And she says, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I understand you don't want an old device. I wouldn't want an old device either. So, uh, you know, let me put you on hold for three to five minutes, as they always do. And uh, and we'll see what we can do. I'm like, OK, fine. And uh, she comes back and she says, yeah, uh, we're going to give you a brand new device. I'm like, terrific. And then she's like, well, let me get this started and uh, I'm going to put you on hold again. I'm like, all right. And so I'm waiting and you guys, all of a sudden, we got disconnected. Oh, I couldn't fucking believe it. We got disconnected and she never called me back. She never called me back. It was after five on a Friday. And I'm just like, oh my God, I can't fucking believe she didn't call me back. Because what my concern is now is, are they going to call back at all? And if they do call back, I don't know who this lady was. So I can't talk to her anymore. So I hope she puts it in the notes or else I'm going to have to talk this argument and, and, and convince them again to give me a new device. I'm just hoping that they don't try to screw me on this because they already gave me their word, you know? You know, and, and what, what hurts about all this the most is that, like I said, I mean, you know, you always have a certain image of certain companies being good or bad players. You know, I try to be fair-minded when it comes to corporate oligarchies because at the end of the day yes i don't believe corporations do have our best interest M- many of them uh pay slave wages many of them uh, uh hire outside of the country uh third world labor uh you know uh, whether it be um their, their customer service support or whether it be their parts uh, uh they're they're doing all these things they can do to lower costs 
And while I'm fine with that in general, um, uh, the quality takes a shit as a consequence. And I don't say that uh, to be xenophobic or anything. It has nothing to do with the people in China or the people in India. Uh, uh, The customer service goes downhill because in those countries, they don't have the same standards as America. And so the people trying to help you are just trying to get through their day and they don't want to hear your white people first world problems, quite frankly, you know? And so I realized that companies have to do certain things to uh, cut corners uh, and that's why they rely heavily on other countries for their parts and labor and for their customer service and things. And so, you know, I've gotten used to that. You know, um, I don't have a problem, but when I was on the phone with Dell, I was talking to this guy from India for six months, and for six months I couldn't do something as simple as replacing a single computer. And as a result, I was having to record a podcast. All of season one had audio issues because I didn't have another computer to use, and here I am using a computer that wasn't processing correctly, and they don't want to believe you. And so it's like, oh my God, it's like pulling teeth, you know? But the point is, you guys, is that I learned a valuable lesson today, you know, because um, like I said, I try so, so very hard to be pleasant, to be kind, to be fair to everyone. Doesn't matter whether it's a person or a company. Uh, uh, everybody deserves respect, you guys. Everyone deserves to be treated and appropriately, you know. But today, when I was on the phone with Google, I was fucking livid. I mean, this is three times now in the last month where I've had a device break on me and they've somehow wriggled out of their responsibility. And when you've spent tens of thousands of dollars on Google products and you have this brand loyalty to Google, you it's like they don't know that, you know, but you're trying to convince them, hey, I'm a podcaster. I'm a public figure. I have an audience and uh, I have a Twitter account and I really don't want to have to spend the next month hashtagging Google sucks <laughs> until I get your attention. Just because, like I said, you're not, I'm not asking for a lot. I'm asking for a replacement of a very cheap device, cheap for, for them, but not cheap for me, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, when a warranty is expired, Now, there's only so much you can do, but it just fries my ass that every time the warranty expires, something goes out on it three to four to five months later. It's like, oh, it's infuriating, you know? It's almost like they built it that way. It's like they engineered it to do that, you know? But the lesson I'm learning is that brand loyalty, man. You know, I have brand loyalty to Google. I have brand loyalty to Klipsch. My my uh, 7.2 stereo surround sound is all Klipsch speakers. And, uh, you know, I think they do pretty good work. And so, you know, you have to, to mitigate your uh, expectations, though, when you have loyalty to a particular brand. You know, just like I was saying earlier, uh, Rebecca's parents uh, have been buying tens of thousands of dollars of vehicles she bought she bought he bought like three or four vehicles uh, all from chevy and then he helped us to buy a vehicle uh we helped but uh, he helped us purchase this a vehicle this chevy 
Colorado back in 2009, just as if you guys recall, the GM was about to go um, out of business and had to be bailed out by Obama. Remember that? And so we we took a trip back in those days, and at a thousand miles, we were getting home from Disneyland, and uh, our transmission went out. I mean, kaput, man. It's like it just fell out of the fucking vehicle. It was the oddest thing. And even my uh, the guy that I worked with at, at Chevy was like, what? That is the weirdest thing ever. And so we started to see all these little issues cropping up year after year. And we believe what happened was is that the employees were um, somehow uh, either sabotaging intentionally or unintentionally not paying attention to the quality of their work uh, because the craftsman, the craftsmanship of the Chevys on the on the assembly line in that time in 2008 2009 uh, is was at a record low. There's just so many issues. And so um, when we moved uh, from California up to uh, uh, near uh, Portland, Oregon, we went up to Washington to visit with some friends up at Lake Cushman. He he had some friends that had a timeshare uh, cabin there. And I was like, well, you know, we're not fancy pants. He's, he's a, a chiropractor. And, you know, at the time I was just working at Lowe's, you know. And so we took him up on it and we went up there. And so for the first time, we had this issue where uh, the, the, the truck wouldn't start. And we're like, oh, my God, what happened? And then uh, we asked if we could get a, a jump from them and then the truck started. And so we, we got home just fine. And then over the course of months, we, it was happening again and again and again and again. And we couldn't figure it out. We had brought it into uh, Lass and Chevrolet several times, and they couldn't figure it out either. And so by that time, a year had passed. We got homesick. We went back to California, and that's when I started my radio adventure working for KZOZ and KJUG and American General Re- uh, Media. But again, this Chevy problem persisted, and, and we finally learned what was going on is that uh, there is a time lock on the the engine in the sensors themselves that if it thinks you're tampering with the uh the alarm system it locks you out it locks you out for 10 minutes and so that's what was happening it wasn't an issue at all with the actual uh, uh vehicle itself it was it's it's this time lock that locks you out for 10 minutes to prevent theft and yet we didn't even have an alarm system in this thing uh, and yet, somehow it did this anyways. And so, <laughs> to make a long story short, this became sort of a long form uh, story of branching all the way back from 2009 to now. Uh, just last year, I talked. Well, let's see. Two years ago, I spoke with a Chevy, and it was a woman, and I was telling her everything that was going on. And then finally. I had had it with them because they were doing the same thing Google was doing, just talking you to death and doing nothing. And I said, lady, are you guys going to do anything or not? And she started bawling at me. She was crying. And I was like, what in the hell? Well, it turned out that it was had nothing to do with me. It had something to do with her personal life or the way she was being treated there at Chevy or something. I don't know what it was, but it weirded me out to the point where I just dropped it. I was like, okay, fine. And then I took it to a mechanic again. So I've taken this to the mechanic five times, you guys. Uh, three of those were Chevy dealerships. And so just in 2020, I took it to another mechanic, 
saying, hey, is there any way you can deal with this? And so he he had to get a Chevy technician over there and, and code and decode all this stuff. And he thinks he got it. He's like, I think I got it. And I ended up spending that time like three hundred dollars. Uh, the times before that, we spent like two, three hundred dollars, and they could never figure it out. And so um, we thought, oh, maybe he finally solved it. Great. He had a. He actually knew a guy that worked for Chevy, uh, and so he had to bring him over and say, "Hey, do you know how to code this stuff?" And he did. And so fortunately, he came back. He and he he decoded the whole thing. He wiped the bank. And then he recoded it all back, and he thought maybe it would solve the issue. And so for the first week, we were stoked. The car was starting regularly. We're like, yeah, right on, okay. And then it started happening again. It started happening again. And I called him, and he's like, well, there's nothing I can do about it, you guys. This is a manufacturing error. And so the the, the, the long and the short of it is, is that I want to talk to Chevy. I want to tell them the whole sordid tale. Uh, we even reached out to the, the manager of the Chevrolet dealership we bought it from, an, a man named Justin, who is friends with my father-in-law. And he he was like, well, this is what I think is going on, this, this, and this, and uh, that's what you got to do, but it's going to cost you about $700. I'm like, well, I don't have $700. And, and, and secondly, why in the fuck am I paying for a manufacturing error, you know? And so we feel like just because... It was such a confusing, convoluted problem that took so long to deal with. By the time we figured it out, um, the, the issue started in 2013 and it persisted until to this day. It's still happening. And uh, to this day, G, GM refuses to do anything about it. And so I'm half tempted to write another letter, explain the whole sort of tale again. And hope they help you out. But that's the thing, you guys. That's the thing. You're an old customer. The, uh, corporations only care about the new customers, you guys. They only care about finding new customers. They do not care about taking care of the old ones. And so at the end of the day, the moral of the story, you guys, is that it gets easy to uh, be a loyalist, to be a brand loyalist. I wanted to be loyal to Chevy. I wanted to be loyal to Google, uh, but at the end of the day, when they handle you just as poorly as everybody else, even though you've been buying many, many of their products, just like with Chevy, we've bought over $100,000 worth of their vehicles. Not me personally, but my father-in-law, you know, and yet they just don't care. And so you start to realize the corporate agenda. They are not looking to better People. They are not looking to better their products. They are not looking to better society. They are looking for the short-term gains. They're willing to sacrifice long-term relationships for short-term gains. And that's what's happening in Wall Street. That's what's happening with many of these companies. And that's what's happening essentially with the Republican Party, you guys, is that they would rather fuck the country out of clean air for the short-term gains of being in bed with who? Yeah, the fucking corporations that want to lobby against our right to have clean water and air. And so short-term gains are always what they're looking for. They're looking for the short-term gains. Um, you've heard of quarters. They always break up their uh, fiscal years into quarters. What they're trying to do is maximize their profits in their quarter be damned the long-term 
reputation or be damned the long-term uh, relationships they build with their consumers. And so as someone who wants to have love for Google, who wants to have love for Chevy, who wants to have love for this blue microphone I'm looking at and talking into right now, I realize something valuable, you guys. And while you can probably see what that is already, it, it's that we we cannot trust companies and corporations anymore, you guys. They do not exist to benefit humanity. They only exist to benefit profits. And that is a problem, you guys, because it means at the end of the day, uh, uh, even though you have brand loyalty to them, they often are not going to reciprocate that, you know? And so why did I mention this big, tawdry, sordid tale to you guys uh, and waste up a, an entire 45 minutes of your time? Well, because I wanted to tell you how that applies to you and your life. You know, in season one, we spent many, many um, episodes trying to talk about the value of being self-sufficient, of being independent, that a lot of times you're going to uh, become friends with people who over time are going to change on you. They're going to turn on you and they are going to become toxic at some point. And at some point, you're going to do something, whether whether intentional or not, you're going to do something to them in their eyes that is going to change their view of you. And at the end of the day, that's what I'm trying to tell you guys. That's the lesson here, is that before too long, all the good relationships that you're trying to foster, whether it be relationships with friends or acquaintances or fellow co-workers or, or with just the companies and brands that you uh, like and enjoy, at the end of the day, uh, there comes a time where you start to realize the non reciprocity of people and companies and any entity really and so we have to be very careful uh when we live in a world like this that's set up this way you know because it's it kind of reminds me of the times that i was telling you about how i became friends with a lot of rebecca's makeup group friends from her facebook group now there's been many many uh, people that we've become friends with uh, on social media, through Instagram, through Facebook, and through Twitter. And we try so very hard to be good to all of them because they, they are you. And you're our audience and you are the people that we care about, you know. But over time, you start to see some of the cracks in that relationship, you know. Uh, first, it was my friend Angie who was, um, didn't like the fact that I was anti-Trump. Uh, it turns out she's Mormon and they're not allowed to take a stand. They're not allowed to take a position on anything. They have to remain neutral. It's a part of their doctrine. And so I found out that I told her, I said, well, I said, we're not trying to be anti-Trump. We are trying to be uh, smart about this. You have to protect yourself in these times, you guys. And that means sometimes you got to take a stand. You have to take a side. And even though sometimes I think liberals are just as crazy as some conservatives, I've taken my side with the side I think best represents functionality and best represents my values. That being said, 
I am not some diehard liberal. <laughs> Far from it. I am an independent progressive. And there is a difference. But what it's about at the end of the day, you guys, is be careful. Be careful of where you get a job. Be careful of the friends you choose. And be careful of the brands you buy because you got to look at the fine print, you guys. At the end of the day, I've had more than my fair share of people be toxic to me, to be unfair to me. And I never deserved it. And I don't understand why other than the only explanation really is, is that people are fucking nuts. And I hate saying that because we do not like stigmatizing mental health problems. We are here to be a, a guide, to be loving and caring and to be understanding of mental health conditions. And so when I say someone is fucking nuts, you guys, I am not talking about a mental health state as much as I'm talking about people deciding to be jerks, deciding to be toxic. They made a choice and they chose wrong and they chose something over your friendship. And when that happens, you gotta be strong enough to identify it, you know? You know, being a public figure, I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances. I care about a lot of people. But I have very few people who I trust with my life. You know, because at the end of the day, I've been in the military. I've worked many, many jobs. And at the end of the day, it's not that I don't trust people. I always try to trust people in the beginning and I always try to come correct and I always try to be fair to everyone. But at the end of the day, like I've said before, there are agendas going on, you guys. Sometimes the agendas of companies uh, outweigh their obligation to you, the consumer. Uh, we lost a friend because I made a joke one day on Instagram that offended her vegan sensibilities. And I was like, this wasn't directed at vegans or you, my dear. And yet she completely lost her fucking mind. And I said, good riddance, lady. Good fucking riddance. Because you guys know I'm a feminist. I am a kind, gentle, decent human being. And I am trying to build a world and a community that is good, that is kind, that is fair, that is strong, and that will endure so that means we also have to be strong, even when we're not feeling that way. But I swear to God, I've lost more friends in the last five years than I've ever seen before. And I think it's because we're living in politically divisive. We're living in socioeconomically uh, difficult times. And difficulty creates challenges. And challenges makes people grumpy. And grumpiness pe makes people not act right and so at the end of the day that's what happens is that um you know kind of reminds me of the way church indoctrinate new christians is that christians especially the evangelicals well if we make life hard enough and keep on taxing the poor and the working class uh, all these people are going to lose hope and they're going to want to run into the arms of faith and they will find their healing in church and faith. And so it almost feels like it's been engineered that way. They want to engineer a society where we depend on them. And so it's not that I have a problem with people going to church. No, I mean, if you want to be a Christian, hey, more power to you. I get it. I'm a spiritual person myself. I was a born-again Christian for a very long time, and I still respect it, at least in principle. 
But when I started putting on my thinking cap, I started realizing some of the stuff that doesn't add up and how they tell you you're broken and how they tell you you can't live without them and how they tell you that you're needy and that you need them and you can't live without them. And that's where I have a problem. It's almost like they're saying you can't talk to God and Jesus uh, uh, directly. You're going to have to talk through us. And, I, and that's called a middleman. And a middleman, if you don't know in all business, a middleman is what? A middleman always looks out for number one. A middleman always has an agenda, you guys. And so think of a priest or a church as a middleman. If this is a business, they're the middleman. You could go directly to God yourself in your own bedroom, but no, they want you to go uh, to them for your money, for your salvation, etc., etc. And while I do believe there's a lot of good churches, a lot of good Christians, and a lot of good priests, don't get me wrong. At the end of the day, I don't accept those terms. If you think about it, it is a, it's creating a situation where they want to exploit people. They want to take advantage of you. And they want to take advantage of you at your emotional wits end. They want to take advantage of you when you're feeling the most weak and most terrified and it, and it's those times you guys at the end of the day it's those times where you need to be the bravest is when you're at your wits end when you are scared when you are anxious when you are feeling hopeless that is when it's time to take a step back count to 10 breathe and figure out where you're going to go and somehow somehow if you can find your strength find your compassion find your love it's hard when you're getting burned by life, but you got to continually find that passion, that love, that goodness inside of you that prevents you from going Dexter on people because it's illegal and you don't want to do that. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's what this whole uh, fable is about, you guys, is at the end of the day, um, we live in a world full of people, uh, uh, people who make up communities. Sometimes those communities become uh, beautiful organizations and other times they become evil corporations. And uh, we don't know which one is which until we are staring them in the face and we're trying to figure out which is which. It's kind of like, and I hate going here because I'm an atheist, but it's kind of like when there's an old fable where there's two Jesuses there and one's like, no, I'm Jesus. And the other one's like, no, I'm Jesus. And one of them's the devil, and you have to figure out which one is the devil and which one is really Jesus. Well, that's kind of what the world is today, is we have to find out in each person which one's the Jesus and which one's the devil. And um, you know what I'm saying. I mean, my point is simply is that you got to surround yourself with people you trust. And you, if you don't trust anyone, it's better to be alone than to be with people who are going to hurt you or gaslight you or exploit you. I promise. But one of the reasons why we uh, came up with the new hashtag, Spooky Life, Nerd Life, uh, we're trying to pivot from season one and two. Those were times where we were dealing with an exorbitant amount of hardships. And as those hardships were hard to take, it was affecting our mental health. Now, do I still Stand by the advice I gave you on those episodes. Absolutely, you guys. 
It was good advice. You know, I'm very proud of the advice I give. I try to be very careful with the words I use and with the language I use and with the advice I give. Because at the end of the day, it's not because I'm worried about being liable. Uh, This is freedom of speech, you guys. I feel like people should live their life the best way that's good for them. But at the end of the day, you guys, I mean, we live in a world full of agendas. And um, it gets hard sometimes to sort out the good guys from the bad guys. They're not always, the bad guys aren't always uh, wearing black with scars on their face. And the good guys aren't always wearing white and have uh, sparkling white teeth. I mean, uh, the life, there's a nuance. There's many, many shades of gray in life. And life with nuance, um, you have to be very good energetically with finding the right ones, finding the right people, finding the good ones. Keep yourself surrounded by the good eggs and you'll minimize all that drama and toxicity in your life, you know. You know, uh, once Joe Biden won the presidency, we decided that we had gotten too uh, wrapped up in politics. You know, we got too wrapped up in the daily grind of MSNBC and what they talk about, and all the things that Young Turks talks about. And while we are universal progressives, we believe that we need greener technologies, we need fairer practices in our system. Um, We believe in those things as universal truths. We don't believe those things uh, to be party or, uh, uh, you know, liberal uh, advocates. We're not doing it for any... A brand loyalty or for any advocacy towards a movement or a party. We just think uh, we believe in best practices. And so I really struggle to call myself a progressive even because at the end of the day, we're not trying to be the, the political progressives. We're trying to be universal progressives looking to where the right thing is the best practice in all situations. And I just think this world would be a whole lot better if we had less corporations trying to rule us, less corporations mucking it up for everything. And uh, the world is getting too big, you guys. All these systems in place, all these rules, all these laws. Have you noticed that nice guys finish last, nice people finish last? Have you noticed that poor people also finish last? And so it makes you you know, crazy. It makes you want to cut corners. It makes you want to turn bad. It makes you want to go Dexter on people. It makes you want to scream. It makes you want to, you know, yell. It makes you want to do bad things. And so I get it. You know, uh, life is not fair. And the toughest thing I ever learned in my life is that life isn't fair. And uh, how do we, you know, how do we reconcile with that, that inherent injustice in our society, you know? You know, because it gets increasingly uh, easy to want to blame others. It gets increasingly easy to blame uh, uh, conservatives for everything or blame Trump for everything. And and while I do feel like that movement is uh, not where it's at, um, uh, we have to be very careful where we assign blame these days. It is a mixture of all things, you guys. We are living in a system that just is inherently screwball and it's making people flaky It is making people less trustworthy. And at the end of the day, we have to find our tribe, you guys. And that's why I think a lot of people see the goodness of, 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 you know, wanting to 
find each other in uh, their values in church or something like that. You know, I get it. But at the end of the day, I, I just think that they have their agendas too, you know. And while there can be some good done in the name of Jesus, in the name of church, um, I think I would just rather cut out the middleman and do it myself. I'm a very spiritual person. I'm emotionally intelligent. And I'm very um, childlike in the sense that uh, I'm a dreamer. I really am a dreamer. and um, I, But I have the emotional intelligence I have too much emotional intelligence to to believe uh, hook, line, and sinker all the fables that we're told, you know? So it makes me jaded. It makes me cynical. We grow up. We grow out of that stuff, you know? And so I'm at a point, you guys, where I'm a 48-year-old man looking for good mental health, looking for robust living, and that's why I've, uh, I'm addicted now, you guys, to running. I'm addicted to fitness. Uh, I just, we just got a brand new exercise bike. Thanks to my mom. Thank you, mom. And, uh, I just tried it out yesterday and it's great, you know, and, uh, uh tonight after this, I'm going to go uh, pump some iron. I've got a home gym here and, uh, I really am just trying to stay in my own lane, you guys, because, you know, it's easy to get lonely. We're all lonely. We're all looking for each other. We're all looking for that something to come our way and to give us hope and to give us something to do that's positive and, and, and sets us free, if you will. You know, we're all looking for some salve to put on our ailing hearts, you know. But in that pursuit, a lot, a lot of times we look in the wrong places. We look to church when sometimes the church has certain agendas. I'm not saying they all do, but I'm just saying that some people have agendas. Um, you know, I, I, I had no idea when I made friends with my um, friend who is um, who is Jehovah's Witness, not Mormon, but Jehovah's Witness. You know, I, I, I didn't judge her for that. I was like, that's fine. I don't care. You know, to each their own. You know, and I really still maintain that to this day. I don't care if you're conservative. I don't care if you're mormon or or whatever brown people white people gay people straight people at the end of the day i don't care what you are just so long as you're a good person you know but i had no idea i had no idea of befriending a person with that much religious conviction that one day it would turn on us like that you know she turned on us because i dared to challenge her nihilistic views about the apocalypse <laughs> that's crazy talk she was literally telling me that her church believes in the end of times and the times are coming soon and we got to do all these things. And while, you know, listen, I, I come from the, a military background. I, I'm a jaded old bird. I'm the first to tell you, you know, you should probably be finding uh, extra water and uh, an underground shelter just in case the shit hits the fan. But you guys, um, you can't live your life like that. That is very cynical thinking, even for me. And I'm jaded as hell. <laughs> so you see, at the end of the day, you guys, I really do feel like people, we, we ought to always come with our best foot forward. We should always be kind, always be decent to people. And when they fuck you over, uh, just accept it. Just go, oh, you're one of them. Got it. Okay. <laughs> and move on because I've lost so many Fairweather friends over the last few years that you start to realize that people aren't entirely put together all right. You know, there's a lot of good people in the world. There's a lot of 
people that are put together very well. And then there's a lot of people with emotional problems, a lot of people with uh, certain spiritual beliefs, certain uh, belief systems, uh, a lot of people who have been burnt and screwed over. And so uh, a lot of times they want to do the screwing before you screw them over. So they preemptively fuck you just so that you don't fuck them. <laughs> and so at the end of the day, there's just so many types of people. And when we're living in a culture now where there is such an onslaught of hate, such an onslaught of mass shootings and mass killings, you guys, this is fucking bonkers. This never happened in our old generation 30, 40 years ago. It never happened. This is a new phenomenon, and I think I know what it is. What it has to do with you guys is heart and soul, man. Hate to say it. I don't have all the answers. I don't. But I do believe that people nowadays don't have the heart. They don't have the soul. And they don't have the emotional fucking intelligence to know how to live their lives, you guys. That's what it boils down to. At the end of the day, you guys, this life requires grit. This life requires a sense of humor because shit is crazy and it requires uh, uh, understanding how to do things for yourself how to get things done on your own because when you start to depend on others they will let you down invariably companies invariably people invariably others will let you down and that is not a jaded point of view that is a that is a very practical way to live and for and so when people do live up to your expectations you can cherish those moments you can cherish those relationships but then when you're prepared for for the worst outcome by people uh you you can half expect it so that you don't sink all your emotional eggs into one basket and so when they hurt you you can retreat from that without a lot of damage you can recover quickly and move forward knowing you didn't mean to hurt anyone knowing that they're the problem they're screwed up they've got something going on with them that they have to fix okay because at the end of the day you guys there's nothing wrong with having emotional problems. There's nothing wrong with having uh, mental health issues. There is nothing to be ashamed of when it comes to being an imperfect being. That said, think about how, cr how frustrated you get. Think about how crazy you get. Think about how passionate you get or how dispassionate you get when you're upset. As crazy and, and ridiculous as you think you are, other people are 10 times worse than you. And so think about it. You know, if you're this bad, imagine how others are. So we just have to be careful living in a world full of people who seek to do us dirty. You know, at the end of the day, Google did me dirty. At the end of the day, Blue did me dirty. At the end of the day, Chevrolet did us dirty. But, you know, I don't have spite for them. I'm not going to dedicate my life from ruining their reputation. I'm just going to move on and realize that I am in the right. How am I in the right? Because I'm occupying the honest and decent high ground. That's how you stay in faith of knowing you are an agent of good and you are in the right. By occupying the high ground, by occupying the state of knowing that you did everything you can, that knowing at no point did you uh, do something wrong. When people lose respect for you, uh, oftentimes it's a version of you that they wanted to see in you that they didn't get. 
when they don't get their way, they lose their shit. And then they gaslight you. And, and then they make up this version of reality where you're the devil. You're the bad guy. You're the bad person. Just today, when I spoke to uh, a Google, I said, you can sit there all day long and pretend like I'm the deviant just because I'm upset. I said, but you fucked me over three fucking times, you guys. And I'm finally upset. And now you want to make me out. You want to paint me as a criminal or a bad guy because I'm upset at you. I said, listen, I will not let you do that. I'm a fucking veteran. I run a podcast all about helping people, all about being tough, but kind. And you will not gaslight me to think that I am the problem here. And that's the thing, you guys. That's what's always going to happen. That is the first defense in all people who are fucking wrong. They will always gaslight you to think that you were the problem, that it was something you did wrong. If you stay in your lane and you be a good person and do the right thing always and you bite your lip when others are fucking around and you occupy the high ground, you occupy the moral right, you'll never be wrong. You know what I mean? So that when you're going through something emotionally, you can uh, rest assured that you didn't cause it. You can rest assured that if you lose a job, it wasn't because of something fucked up you did. Or if you lost a friend, you can rest assured that you did everything you could to preserve the sanctity of that friendship, uh, uh, that, that they lost, they lost touch with something. They lost touch with, uh, their center, you know? And at the end of the day, when you stay in touch with what's right inside of your heart, you stay in touch with your center, but you also, Stay in touch with your inner toughness, you guys. At the end of the day, people will gaslight the shit out of you if you let them. Companies do it. Politicians do it. Friends do it. It is toxic. And we have an episode coming up in season four all about that, about gaslighting. And uh, if you don't know, I wanted you guys to be very clear on what the word gaslight means. Okay, so gaslighting. To manipulate somebody by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. Uh, here's a, for instance, in the first episode, Karen Valentine is being gaslighted by her husband. And so anytime you, uh, somebody paints a situation where they try to make it out to be all your fault, or they try to manipulate reality in such a way where you're the bad guy and they're the good guy, and there is no other way of looking at it. They're gaslighting you, you guys. So you have to have a, a, an inner strength about you. You have to have an inner core about you. You have to have an inner goodness within you to be able to know when you're being manipulated or when you're being gaslit by somebody who's trying to uh, uh, manipulate your understanding of reality. Don't let people gaslight you into thinking things you know isn't true. All right? But yeah, that's what I have for you guys today. Thank you guys so very much for joining me. This is just a bonus episode. We're going to be back uh, for season four, you guys. We've got so much stuff coming. Uh, we're going to go back into mental health. We're going to go back into the cryptid weeds. I've got a bunch of shows on cryptids we're going to do. I have more stuff to do on the paranormal. And uh, of course, we're going to start uh, introducing more stuff on uh, pop culture. Uh, we've done Stranger Things. We might go into some Star Trek. We'll see, you know, whatever, uh, flight of fancy I see, 
uh, my audience wants, uh, uh, come on over to our Instagram and uh, I'm at Surviving Empathy Podcast, or you can also search for Chef Fry Comedy. Rebecca is at Spooky Nerdy Gal on Instagram. Come on over and suggest topics. Come on over and uh, be a friend. Uh, if you guys can pitch in a buck or two once a month, that would be terrific. We are growing, you guys. We just got record numbers this month, you guys. Record numbers. And I have you guys to thank for it. So thank you so very much for that. We are growing and we're going to get bigger and we're going to get stronger. And, you know, it's crazy that this is taking off so much, you know. I feel so genuinely blessed that this is finally coming to fruition. It's not perfect yet. There's a lot of growth still to do. Uh, but we've gone from a 100 followers to a 1,000 followers to now up to in the several thousand of followers. And uh, that's what I'm saying, you guys, is that growth is slow, but it's exponential. And just have faith in what you're doing. Have faith in yourself and um, have vision, you guys. You know, I just had a really serious talk with Rebecca about having a vision. I told her, you know, babe, you can't see what I see, but what we're growing here is going to be huge. We're growing an institution and it's hard to see and it's hard to picture right now. But believe me, five years out, we're on this trajectory. We're going to be where we want to be. And uh, hopefully it can, it can pull you to where you can go back to working at the grocery store only part time. And then we can work harder and harder on the Instagram or excuse me, more and more on the YouTube channel. And that's another thing. Uh, uh, look out for our uh, paranormal videos coming soon. We're going to be doing uh, reviews of paranormal TV shows. So that'll be fun. But you guys, at the end of the day, you know, what it boils down to is Rebecca and I are trying to build an institution for all struggling people. Doesn't matter if you're an empath or not. Doesn't matter uh, if you have perfect mental health or not. What it's about is robust living and good mental health and uh, having fun in a world that is losing its heart and soul. You guys, we got to have heart. We got to have soul and we got to. Not let the world manipulate us and gaslight us into thinking some version of reality exists when you know it's not true. Uh, uh, you guys, uh, uh, stay in your lane. Be a good person. And uh, when you do that, you you will put yourself in a position where others are going to see that you're quality and they're going to be less likely to screw you over. They're less likely to to try to hurt you. Um, at the end of the day, strength comes from within, not by being mean, not by being cruel, but just by, uh, you know, being a good person, being strong, uh, being confident and, and being content with yourself the way you are and have fun. You guys have fun being who you are. That's really what it's about, you know? So yeah, we'll be back. You guys, we're going to be back. Uh, I'm still struggling to find out when we're going to come back. Uh, 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 generally we usually only take a month off uh, this time, uh, cause I was extra crispy. I was extra burnt out. I wanted to take a, a couple months off and recenter. Uh, I'm thinking you guys will be back in September, but don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure it won't go longer than that. I think we're going to go into the month of August. Uh, summertime is not a great time for podcasting. It's not a great time for hashtag spooky life. Uh, we are more of a, uh, fall people. 
Wouldn't you know it? I forgot to silence my phone. That's okay. It's Rebecca. She's at work. <laughs> and uh, no, but we're doing fine. We're doing great. We're trying to recenter. We're trying to get strong. We're trying to get uh, happy. We're trying to have a vision for our life uh, that's bold and fun and beautiful. And uh, we want to help you guys do the same. We want to achieve happiness and, and good mental health and good cheer and Friday vibes every day. And uh, we do that by getting through our problems, you guys, getting over all our little issues that hold us back. That's what it's all about, you guys. And that's what we're here to do is to help you find that, find that clarity, find that passion, find that purpose. That's what it's all about. So we will see you for some paranormal, cryptid, empath, spooky life, nerd life fun in season four of Surviving Empathy. This is just a bonus episode. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just thought I'd pop on and let you guys know the little valuable lesson I learned is that just don't put your eggs in all in one basket and be careful when it comes to brand loyalty or friend loyalty. Uh, it, it's just a matter of uh, making sure that you um, make friends with the right people and when uh, the telltale signs are there that they're not in your corner, uh, do be sure to protect yourself. All right. Thank you, guys. We love you so very much. You can help us by going to Patreon. You can help us by going to PayPal. You can now help us by going to uh, our tip jar on our link tree uh, at Chef Bright Comedy. That's link tree uh, forward slash uh, Chef Bright Comedy. And uh, our tip jars are all lined up there. We've got Cash App. We've got Venmo. We've got uh, Patreon and PayPal. Uh, but any small dollar donations help our morale. They help us build the infrastructure. They help us grow. And they help us get better and improve for you guys. That's what it's all about. Thank you guys so very much for letting me talk. I will see you guys in September. Maybe sooner. <laughs> have a good one, you guys. Friday vibes. Let's have a good day. Bye-bye. <laughs>